You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 45 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and updates on Star Wars Episode 7 and all the other exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing great. Man, since our last episode, the last two weeks, it was like pretty much every area of Star Wars, we've gotten some cool stuff <laughs> with episode seven. We got... So some cool Rebels news, and then some unexpected awesome Clone Wars news, <laughs> which just topped it all off. So should be fun to talk about all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. We do have uh, quite a few stories to cover today. Um, and let's go ahead and start off with the Episode 7 stuff, as we always do. Um, and, you know, not a whole lot of huge Episode 7 stuff this week in terms of, uh, you know, official announcements or big rumors or anything like that. Um, we did get a new video from J.J. Abrams in Bad Robot. Um, and if you've sort of been following all the, the production of Episode 7 and the stuff going on, um, there's been a lot of back and forth between J.J. Abrams and Zack Snyder, who's making the new Batman versus Superman movie. Um, and they've been, you know, tweeting pictures of... Star Wars with Batman references and Batman with Star Wars references and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and so the latest thing from J.J. Abrams is he uh, posted this video of the Millennium Falcon. And uh, I think this is like the actual full-size Millennium Falcon set that they have for Episode Seven. Um, and, you know, you see the camera going towards it and it's playing Star Wars music. And then suddenly it shifts to Batman music as the camera is sort of panning along the underside of the Millennium Falcon. And, uh, of course, you know, you, when you see these ships real close up, there's a lot of, like, little details in there of, you know, panels and vents and pipes and all that kind of stuff. And the camera zooms in real close on the underside of the Falcon and you see they stuck a Batmobile in there with all this other extra stuff. Um, I'm not sure if this is something that's actually going to be in the film or if they just stuck it on here just for the sake of making this video and kind of having some fun with, uh, you know, Snyder and the fans on social media and everything. But either way, this is pretty cool to see, especially Tim. I know you're a huge Batman fan, so this must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. I got a big kick out of this. I mean, (laughs) first for the fact when you're seeing the Falcon, right right when you click play, that's what you see the side of the Falcon. And just thinking to yourself, man, this is the Falcon from Episode Seven, a new Star Wars movie. How cool is that? And then you see the camera just zooming in, this panning all around it. And then you're hearing the classic Star Wars, the Force theme. And then it kicks into the Dark Knight <laughs> music that we heard from Nolan, the Christopher Nolan movie. So I was like, oh boy, here we go. What's coming? <laughs> then it zooms in to where you see a little piece of the tumbler just hanging on top of a port from the Millennium Falcon. It just looks really cool. And like you said, who knows if it's actually going to be part of the Millennium Falcon in the movie. Maybe it has a little Easter egg that fans can spot out. Because I really hope that's the case. I think that would be pretty cool. But regardless, uh, I just love this kind of battle that's going on between uh, Zack Snyder and J.J. Uh, Abrams. I mean, it's all in good fun. But like you said, when you're 
a, a big fan of both franchises like me, it's like the best of both worlds. <laughs> when you see uh, Zack Snyder tweeting a picture of a stormtrooper getting arrested for stealing the Batmobile on the set of Batman v Superman, and then you get J.J. Abrams' response with this, a Tumblr and the Millennium Falcon put together as one. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. So I hope this isn't it. I hope this keeps going to, throughout the production of both movies because it's just going to be a lot of fun for fans to <laughs> just go through this as we're waiting for these movies to come out. So keep them coming. Don't stop now, please. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it would be pretty cool if they left this on there and it was actually an Easter egg yeah. in the movie because, I mean, it's it's not really noticeable. It's on the bottom of the Falcon. It's pretty small. It's not like a big thing that sticks out. So it, I don't think it would really be distracting in the movie. You know, you're not going to be trying to immerse yourself in this new Star Wars story and go, oh, what the heck is the Batmobile doing sitting over there? You know, it would be just one of these things where um, it would be sort of one of those little trivia behind the scenes kind of things that only the hardcore fans would know like the millennium falcon goes by and they're like oh if you pause it and zoom in real close like there's a millennium there's a batmobile on there on the bottom of the millennium falcon you could barely see it but um yeah that could be kind of cool if it's just one of those things where it doesn't really intrude on the movie that much but like you know it's there just kind of as a clever little nod yeah do you remember episode two the homer simpson easter egg that was put in there no, I don't think I've heard of that. I don't know if this is actually confirmed, but it, it looks almost like it's in the arena battle, right? When Yoda comes with the clone troopers, there's a, a shot where the Republic gunship is firing this green laser beam. And if you look through the cockpit, it, this image in, in the actual Republic gunship looks like it could be Homer Simpson, like a model of him flying in there. But I don't know if it's been, I don't, cause, man, it's a while, it's been a while since I heard that rumor if it got confirmed or not. But it was always under the assumption because when i look at it i kind of go yeah i can see it kind of looks like that but it could just be something that's a coincidence and people have kind of maybe made that up but it's something i always sticks out to me when i see episode two like oh, there's homer flying the republic gunship <laughs> so oh, I don't, no, i'm gonna have to look out for that yeah i don't think this is going to be something like that if it's in there like you said it'll just be something where who like maybe the characters are walking underneath it for some reason you just happen to spot it real quick like on the side of the screen or something but like you said just the fact knowing that it's there would be pretty cool yeah, that's that's a neat little Easter egg. Either way, I mean, even if it's not in there, just having this little video was cool. Um, and then, I mean, kind of the other big thing from Episode 7 that we've had over the past couple weeks, obviously it's been a while now since we got the leaked pictures of the Stormtrooper helmets, and we've talked about that a lot before. Um, now we finally have uh, our supposed first look at the helmets for these chrome Stormtroopers that we've been hearing all about. Um, we've got a picture of some concept art of the helmet and then a picture that's either from a screenshot or, um, you know, it could be a, another one of these sort of concept art paintings that's real photorealistic. Either way, I mean, this se this second picture, whether or not it's an actual photograph, it looks a lot more realistic than the one that you can obviously tell is sort of a concept sketch. But from the more photorealistic looking one, I mean, holy crap, this looks <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, this was so awesome to get this image. <laughs> like, this was the highlight of the episode seven news we had since our last episode for me, anyway. Because, man, we've gotten those looks at the uh, stormtrooper helmets, what the main stormtrooper helmets are going to be. But then we've heard some reports of the chrome troopers and well, what are they going to look like? What are they actually going to be? And then when I saw this image, like, oh man, that looks pretty cool. It's different, but yet it has the same like feel of a stormtrooper. What you'd expect an updated look to be more so than I think the episode, uh, the normal episode seven stormtrooper helmets that we saw. So yeah, I was super excited when I saw this. I mean, we'll get into it more <laughs> a little bit as we 
discuss the aspects of the suit, but just my first impression, like, man, how cool is this? Like, I mean, it was unfortunately it was a real busy day at work for me when it premiered or came out. So like, I couldn't stare at it as much as I wanted to. But after the workday was done, I just pretty much either on my phone or on my desktop, I had this image of it, just looking at this man. This is going to be so cool to see when it's maybe either officially revealed in a full image or in a trailer or something. Or maybe they're going to try to keep it a secret as much as they can till we actually see it in theaters. But whenever we do get the real look of it, I can't wait because just from this concept image, it just looks awesome, and I can't wait to see the full thing. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen the full thing yet because in this image, and this is posted on uh, IndieRevolver.com, which I think is the same site that posted the the first images of the um, sort of standard Stormtrooper helmets for Episode 7. Um, but, the, you know, it's this picture of the, the trooper. You can see the faceplate of the helmet and you can see, like, sort of this high collar um, on the armor that sort of goes up along the sides of the helmet, but then it also looks like he's wearing a hood or a, a cloaked robe sort of thing. You know, he's got a, a hood pulled up over the top of the helmet, um, so you can't see, like, the top of it or the, the back of it or even the sides real clearly. Um, but they're also saying that, uh, you know, this is just concept stuff, and according to their sources or whatever, um, that these troopers won't actually be wearing hoods in the movie, so you'll be able to see more of it. Um, but I think this is the first concept art image or, or sort of, you know, the first leaked image, um, what have you, uh, from episode seven of some new stuff, you know, these new designs of stormtrooper helmets or anything that have really sort of grabbed me and made me go, Oh man, that is just awesome. Um, cause even with the, the first stormtrooper helmet images that we got, I was like, Oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. I could, you know, see how that could work or that looks pretty cool. But this one, um, you know, of course, I saw the title and I was like, oh, OK, so what are these Chrome Stormtroopers really going to look like that we've heard hyped up so much? And um, then as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, just the look of it, too, which I was kind of disappointed when it said it's not going to have the hood in the actual movie because I kind of like that look of it. I mean, I don't expect it to like be doing any fighting or anything with that hood on, but maybe for something that they're just traveling on a ship or just when they're not in battle, they have these cloaks or hoods on it. Just it's a different look for the Stormtroopers. I think it looks kind of cool, but I also like those uh, collars that you were talking about on their armor. To me, it reminds me of something you would see on like a medieval knight. And I always love those different looks of the knights from like medieval times. And if they kind of incorporate some of that to a Stormtrooper outfit, that's going to look really cool to me. And just seeing the shot, like I said, not full, the full body of the armor, but just the top of it, I think it looks really cool. And it has that same feel to it on the other concept art image that's in there that you could tell is definitely art. And it doesn't have the hood in that one, but it does have the high collar part of the armor, which, again, reminds me of like some of a medieval knight would wear. And I just love that. But I was kind of going back and forth and looking at these two images, which actually gets me more excited. Which one looks cooler? And it's definitely the first one that they put out with the hood. And the one, or like you said, I don't know if it really is concept art, if it's, if it's something that's really like a detailed like piece of concept art done on the computer or something, or if it's actually a costume prop or someone in there. I don't know, because... It looks pretty good in this image, and of course, it's not the best quality, but whatever, regardless of what it is, it looks really awesome, and just, yeah, the design of it, the helmet, the way the chrome looks on it, the hood, <laughs> the collar, everything, it's just clicking for me, like I was hoping some new Episode Seven Super armor would, more so, like we said, than the regular Stormtroopers, but I will say it still doesn't uh, top a clone ARC Trooper for me, but <laughs> it's still cool nonetheless. I mean, it'd have to be something totally amazing to top an ARC Trooper, in my opinion. But, yeah, this is getting me really excited for it. And then, again, I just like the idea that 
we're going to have the normal battalion of stormtroopers from the image we saw later, but that's not all we're going to get. <laughs> we're getting these special type of troopers, and who knows what their role is going to be actually in the movie. I mean, in this Indie Revolver report, it's saying that they could be like the personal guard. It's to, uh, the villain, and the, which is rumored, of course, to be Adam Driver, or even say like they can be like mercenaries for hire. They're not necessarily part of the Empire, but maybe they're just mercenaries and that are got some type of armor from the Empire and they modified it. I mean, who knows? But the more armor, the better in the movie <laughs> for me. So whatever the story is, as far as why they're, they have these chrome outfits, it's, I'm looking forward to seeing and finding out. But I'm just loving the look of it. I just can't wait for more. I mean, who knows if this is it? Maybe there's going to be more different Stormtrooper or Trooper designs that we're going to see. So this could just be the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure there'll probably be, I mean, at least maybe one or two more. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, these are supposed to be some sort of like specialized troopers, um, that are maybe going to be like guards to the main villain. And of course people are comparing them to like Magna guards, uh, for general Grievous in episode three. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think it definitely sort of fits that profile. Um, this is not something you'd see like the regular stormtroopers wearing, uh, just out in a battle or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything from, like you said, that, that high rising collar to just this really sleek. And you know, shiny chrome faceplate, and the the way the eye visor looks with the um, sort of the indentations on the sides, and the sort of more sharp angled uh, look to it. I mean, it yeah, it just looks so cool. And like you said, even more so than the um, than the new you know sort of regular stormtroopers that we're getting. This almost looks like even more of just sort of a natural progression of how you would expect um, the sort of classic stormtrooper look to be updated and modified to, to look like something really cool and new for episode seven that still obviously is you know, recognizable as a stormtrooper. So uh, definitely something to, to look forward to and to be excited for. And I can't wait till we see um, even more looks of just the helmet. But of course, to then see the, the full outfit and the full set of armor too in the movie is just going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping too that it's not just a trooper that we're not oh, basically what i'm hoping for is that it's a main character who's going to play the role of a chrome trooper i mean there's rumors that maybe it's gwendolyn christie gwendolyn christie's going to play like an imperial officer on the hunt for john boyega i know has been a rumor so maybe it's actually going to be a chrome she'll be one of the chrome troopers i mean who knows i just kind of hope that it's going to be a character who maybe not have like the biggest role in the movie but someone who will have a substantial part and they're not just there to act as like the guards, like I said, for Grievous, and even the Emperor's Royal Guard. I kind of hope there's more to them than just them standing around and just uh, then doing some fighting when the action scene uh, requires them to. So hope there's like a little more to depth to them as far as their background story. Yeah, well, heck, as far as I'm concerned, the more of these guys we get to see, the better. Yeah. <laughs> that is just a really cool design right there. That's another question. I mean, who knows how much they're going to be? Because it sounds like, anyway, there's not going to be too many of them like you would expect the normal stormtroopers too but so kind of guessing it might just be a handful maybe even a couple like two or so like like we said like the magna guard that grievous had or the royal guards like i kind of hoping it's a little more than that because i've also heard too maybe these could possibly be the rumored uh, jedi hunters they know that these are going to be like sith inquisitors jedi hunters force witches like who knows what it's going to be but maybe the band of bad guys that we've been rumored and talking about for a little bit it's actually going to be the chrome troopers and even if they're not troopers per se, but maybe they will have some force abilities, and that's just the armor they're having to be wearing. That's going to be based on some stormtroopers. So, who knows about the possibilities? But like you said, either way, no matter what it is, how much the amount is, whether it's the main character or not, 
it's just going to look cool regardless. And you could go ahead and bet that I'll be having an action figure or a detailed statue of those when they get released because it's just going to look awesome to have on display. Oh, yeah, definitely. That is action figure material for sure right there. I know. Um, I want to go – because I have a Clone Trooper Sideshow statue, which is just awesome. That's like probably my – most prized Star Wars collectible I have. <laughs> and if they were to make one of a like, Chrome Trooper, and it kind of look, looks pretty similar to that design, I can see it going perfectly with my Commander Cody statue. <laughs> It'd just be perfect. Yeah, that would, uh, and that's going to make an awesome collectible right there. Um, yeah. All right, now everybody take your, your grain of salt or your spoonful of salt or whatever, because <laughs> it's time for our one sort of big rumor for the week. Um, but this isn't really anything new. It's just sort of a new take on a rumor that we've heard a lot. And this is dealing with, um, of course, the, the rumored story idea of Luke being missing and the characters looking for him and all that sort of stuff. Um, and this comes from Jedi News. And they even sort of admit that like this is just something they got in an email from someone who claimed to have inside knowledge and be an exclusive source and yada yada. Um, so they're like, yeah, we don't even know for sure if this guy is legit or, you know, if this is going to end up being true or whatever. So, um, yeah, just rumor alert, take this with a grain of salt as you normally would, but they're saying that, um, people are sort of taking a, a slightly misguided approach to this whole rumor of Luke being missing and the characters looking for him and all that. And they're saying that at the beginning of the movie, um, you have uh, sort of the group of young characters with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley and all those guys, and they're trying to deal with a problem or a threat, and they're trying to deal with it by themselves. They think they can just take it head on, and then they find out that this problem is a lot bigger than they originally thought, and they need the help of the Jedi, and so they go off in search of Luke Skywalker. And it's not even necessarily a case where he's been missing for, um, you know, 10 years or so, Um it could, you know, he could be missing or he could just be off doing Jedi stuff and they just need to find him and find where he is and get in touch with him somehow um, so that they can, um, you know, get the help of a Jedi master to deal with this big problem that, uh, you know, ends up being a lot bigger than they thought, whether that be um, you know, Adam Driver's character or a resurgence in the Sith Empire or a return of some ancient Sith Lord or something like that. Um, you know, who knows, but, uh, I mean, that's just sort of the new, uh, you know, their new take on this rumor that they're reporting. So I don't know, Tim, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I will say that this is the part of uh, rumors and speculation that <laughs> is kind of the hard part for me, because when you hear certain things more and more, then you kind of get, uh, more positive to that idea and you start to think like speculate certain things in your head and you start to get more attached to that particular story point, And then, Later on, I mean, like we always say, it's rumor and you got to take it with a grain of salt. But, but it's kind of hard to like not get attached to it, kind of hope for a particular storyline the more you hear and talk about it. And then when you get something like this, what kind of goes, oh, maybe that's not necessarily the case and uh, things are going to be different than what was previously reported. It kind of gets you a little disappointed. And it, that's the case for me anyway with this because I've kind of gotten to, I guess, attached to the idea of Luke being gone for 10 years or so whether it's to for, be like force trained or be or free was captured, not necessarily on the capture front. I always preferred him. Like he's been gone so he can go into a meditative state or just really try to gain more strength in the force to whatever the threat's going to be. But I kind of gotten more attached to that. And I liked it better than when I read this story of how it's just, so the new heroes were like no match for this new threat and they were just kind of being headstrong and then they have to go, 
uh, find Luke to help him defeat this new threat. I mean, again, who knows if this is true, and you got to wait to see the movie to see how everything plays out. But it's just one of the problems when you're just following all these rumors and speculations where you can get attached to something, and then it might not be so in the end. So it's something i got to kind of keep in check going on with these movies. Don't get attached to certain story ideas, no matter how cool it may sound, because it could be totally different when you see the final product on screen. So that was pretty much my big take for it, where this didn't sound as good to me as some of the other rumors we've been hearing about Luke that we've been hearing so much about for months now. And then to get something that comes out and says, well, maybe that's not the case. It's kind of like, ah, I was liking where that was going. <laughs> so like I said, who knows what we'll see at the end of the day when the movie comes out. But it's still, the main thing is we're getting Lucas again in this movie. <laughs> I just can't wait to finally see what his role is going to be. And I just got to you know, keep it in check. My expectations and my speculations don't get too attached. I got to remember the Jedi way. <laughs> can't form too close attachments. And that goes for speculation rumors too, I guess. So I got to heed the words of Yoda when he's talking to Adam in episode three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this definitely does sort of make you realize like, oh, well, we had gotten so attached to this one theory and sort of assumed that was going to happen. And then um, it's like, oh, this stuff can change so quickly just based on what we're hearing. But again, I mean, we don't even know if this new report is true or has any sort of credibility yeah. to it whatsoever. But we don't necessarily know that the other stuff did too, aside from, like you said, the fact that we just heard more and more about it and so you just sort of naturally assume like oh well if you hear it one time um like that could have come from anywhere but if you start hearing more and more rumors that sort of reference the same thing or that sort of all have a central plot element or something like that in common then you start thinking like oh well there's probably some truth to that but i mean it just makes you realize at the end of the day we still really don't know a whole lot about this movie i mean what do we know for sure that there are going to be new characters in it that Han and Luke and Leia and R2 and 3PO and Chewbacca are going to be in it. We know it's going to have Millennium Falcons. We know it's or we know it's going to have the Millennium Falcon. We know it's going to have X-Wings. Um, we know part of it's going to be set on most likely Tatooine. Um, and that's about it as far as actual solid concrete information goes. We know there's going to be something with a mechanical robotic hand that JJ Abrams tweeted that yeah. tweeted out, you know, whether that is uh you know, the villain or a new hand for Luke or some kind of droid or something like that, we have no idea. Um and we know that it's set 30 years after return of the Jedi and uh that's about it. So I mean, it's fun to you know speculate about all these rumors and stuff, but at the you know at the same time, I'm hoping that when the movie comes out, there's a lot of stuff that just completely surprises us. And I'm not even talking about like the big plot twists and stuff, um, but I'm just talking about either you know character descriptions or backstories or just what's going on in the movie. Um, you know, I, I would love it if just to surprise us, like maybe the stormtrooper helmets that we're seeing in, in these pictures and stuff, maybe like all the stormtroopers are good guys now. And, you know, yeah. the the, rem the remaining Imperials and the rebels have joined forces to fight this new threat or something, you know, some sort of thing like that, that we would see in the theater and just go, wow, nobody saw that coming from the rumors. And it wouldn't be some big twist. It would just be like, hey, guys, here's a big plot element of the movie that like we established right at the beginning and it's just sort of the base of what the movie is and like nobody even leaked any rumors about it yeah i really like that idea see again that's gonna 
be something I can't get attached to because what you just said about the like stormtroopers are pieces of the empire being good guys now. I would love to see that. Got to be harking back to the Clone Wars era when we saw the clone troopers on the side of the Republic. I think that'd be cool to have it circle back to that again. And then maybe the clone troopers would be like the bad guys or the bad troopers for this movie. But again, can't get attached to that either because <laughs> it sounds cool. But if it doesn't happen, don't want to be disappointed. But I don't know. When you saw the story about Luke and the possibility of what his role will be, did you have the same feeling I did where you didn't think this one was as good as what we've been hearing before? Or you kind of, the wait and see approach didn't really, it doesn't really matter to you one way or the other till you see the movie. Kind of somewhere in between. Um, I mean, I guess I sort of had the, the same approach that you did where I thought, Oh, I like that other one better. But then also, like you said, it's kind of just a matter of, well, did I really like that one better? Or was that just sort of the one I had accepted because we kept yeah. hearing it over and over again and I don't want that to change. But it's like, if this one is, more close to uh, what we, what ends up being true and what we end up seeing in the movie. I mean, I'm sure that could work out too because then we don't have to worry about like, oh, where's Luke been for the past 30 years? Like he's been fine. He's been building up the Jedi Order and, you know, maybe when the heroes go looking for him, they can't find him because he's just gone off to some mysterious uncharted planet to find a new Jedi recruit or, you know, a, a Jedi or Sith relic or something like that. But, you know, he's been missing for a few weeks just because he went off on some mission and he hasn't been missing for like 10 years. So, um, you know, like you said, it, it's kind of just hard to wrap your head around new stuff. Once you sort of heard a rumor so many times that you start thinking maybe that's how it's going to be. Um, but at the same time, I mean, really with any of these rumors, none of them are so specific that you couldn't see it working out some way or another. Um, you know, it's like, even if one rumor doesn't sound as good as another one, it's like, there's room for them to make amazing stories out of any of these. Cause we really don't know any of the specifics. Yeah. Watch well, after all this talk about Luke, he's going to be the first character we see on course on talking to Princess Leia or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. You won't be missing at all. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, again, as always with these rumors, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And also too, I mean to go along with those Chrome Trooper concept drawings, we had something else drop that day that was almost just as cool in my opinion. I think other people would probably think it's cooler or better than the Chrome Trooper ones, but Indie Revolver was at it again where they sent out another concept art image that shows an actual battle sequence. With, I mean, the report's saying that it's Luke, but <laughs> I'd like to think it's Luke too, but it's someone with a lightsaber, we're just going to call him Luke anyway, fighting someone and it looked like in a black cloak with a yellow lightsaber it's not red it looks like yellow or orange type then you got another character in the background with a blaster ready to shoot at the character and then probably the coolest part about this image in the background the millennium falcon <laughs> just blazing right out there i mean it's right behind luke and the whoever the villain's going to be the sith inquisitor or adam driver's character who knows but they're having a lightsaber battle and then the falcon's right behind them I mean, how cool is that going to look on screen? A lightsaber battle with the Falcon going <laughs> on in the background? Just your mind goes crazy thinking what the possibilities of this scene can entail. But, yeah, it was really cool to get this image. And, I mean, I haven't talked to you too much about this one. We talked a little about the Chrome Troopers before we recorded, but I'm curious to hear what you thought about this image. Oh, this was way cool. I mean, anytime you get a concept art of a lightsaber battle or something like that, um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't really get too many story specifics here because, like you said, you can't even really tell if this is Luke with the green lightsaber. You can't see who the supposed villain is with the yellow lightsaber. But just sort of the imagery of it is really striking with yes. the um, 
I mean, the landscape, it looks kind of dark, like this might be you know, either early morning or like at sunset, because I mean, the landscape looks kind of dark, almost like it's nighttime. But then, of course, you got the Millennium Falcon right there. And then there's sort of like this orangish purplish glow in the background, um, like a, you know, a sunset scene or something like that. Also, just the landscape looks really cool because you've got some, you know, looks like some big forest type trees and it looks like they're on maybe like a snowy mountainside or something like that. And my first thought is this looks like Alderaan, but of course Alderaan's (laughs) not there anymore. So I don't know what planet this is going to be set on, but wherever it is, I'm pretty excited to see um, how this scene is going to turn out. I mean, obviously, besides the fact that it's a lightsaber duel with the Millennium Falcon in the background, I mean, this could just be a really cool new... Uh, sort of visually striking uh, Star Wars locale in the first place, just when they first go here before the the big action scene even starts. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously I don't know how as a Star Wars fan, you could look at this and not at least be a little bit excited. Cause like I said, there's, there's not too much going on here as far as specifics. I mean, on the one hand it's like, Oh yeah, there's a lightsaber duel with the Millennium Falcon going on in the background and, you know, it looks cool, but at the same time, you can't really tell who the characters are. We don't know what point in the story this takes place or exactly what's going on. So it's not like, oh, this is the the concept art of when this happens and this guy just got killed and now Luke's running after the bad guy and Han's flying over in the Falcon. You know, obviously we're going to have that sort of reaction after we see the movie because we'll have seen this scene and know what's going on and we can look back at this concept art and be like, man, that's really cool to see like this first image of that scene. But I mean, for now, it just has to make your mind wonder, uh, like you said, what all these different endless possibilities are for what could be going on here. But it looks really cool. And, you know, like I said, just sort of visually and from an artistic standpoint, it's a it's a really striking image, too. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what this ends up being in the movie. Yeah, so I already played the speculation game <laughs> with this image pretty much a few minutes after I saw it. Try to piece together what's going on and where is this scene taking place? Because... For me, anyway, when I look at it, I think this probably could be the climactic battle of Episode Seven. I mean, just the setting of it seems like it could be. I mean, in the background, you got Luke fighting the villain in a lightsaber battle, and then you got the Falcon in the background. But there's some smoke around it. So, what if this is the Falcon's last stand? What if this is the last we're going to see of the Falcon? And by the time this battle is over, the Falcon either crashes or goes up in flames, and it's just destroyed. I mean, who knows, maybe the villain was attacking the Falcon from the inside or from the outside, and then Luke and this other character who's in the image come and try to stop him at the last second. But even though uh, they have this lightsaber battle, the Falcon still ends up getting destroyed. I mean, that can make up for a pretty epic final battle sequence, <laughs> lightsaber fight, and then the Falcon in the background. Uh, I just can't wait. And then also to speculate on who that other character is with the blaster. I mean, for me, when I look at it, I think maybe it could possibly be be uh, Daisy Ridley's character. And the reason I say that is because I'm just going by some of those uh, concept art sketches that uh, Making Star Wars posted a few weeks ago. And to me, this image here looks like this character has some gear on, like a backpack with actually got a helmet or a visor on. It's kind of hard to tell, but I just get that vibe from it. When I first saw it, like, oh, maybe that's Daisy Ridley. She has the blaster. She has some gear on, kind of like that concept art. So when I saw that, that's what I thought of. And of course, it could be someone totally different. We don't know. But when I saw this image, that's some of the stuff I was trying to piece together. So I don't know. It's just, I think it's going to be a pretty epic battle sequence, regardless if it's going to be the climactic battle or something that goes on in the middle sequence. Who knows? But man, it's just going to be awesome to see this image brought to life. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we could speculate till the end of time, but yeah. obviously, like, whatever one it is. Thing too, I forgot to say <laughs> the character's lightsaber. I mentioned that it's like kind of an orange, yellowish, yellowish type color. I wonder if they try something different. What if it's like a flame saber or something? That could be something Star Wars we haven't seen before. That could be really unique. I mean, who knows? Because it has to be made orange or yellow in this image for a reason. Because they they all know a Sith lightsaber color is red. That's pretty much that's all there's ever been. And the fact that it's not red in this image just makes me think it's going to be something different with this character. So that's another thing we're going to have to wait and see on. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be a character who's, you know, a villain and using the dark side, but isn't necessarily a Sith. And so that's why they've used a, a yellow lightsaber to distinguish it. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of a flame saber though. That could be something cool to see. <laughs> I don't know how good it would do in a fight with a real lightsaber. It could be big for an interesting battle. I don't know. That would be interesting for sure. I don't know if I would think that would work or not, but I don't know. Yeah. It could be kind of cool. I mean, we have seen Mother Talzin use a, a green flaming sword in Clone Wars in a yeah. fight with Mace Windu. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, just have to give it something different. Because remember, we we're all blown away when Darth Maul pulled out that double-bladed lightsaber when we first saw that teaser trailer. I'm just thinking for this new trilogy, there's going to be some different variation for a lightsaber that could blow us away when we first see it in action. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, whatever it is. It's going to be awesome to see, even if it's just yellow. Like, we've never even seen any colored lightsabers in the movies other than blue, green, and red, and Mace Windu's purple ones. So, yeah. um, you know, if somebody's got a, a yellow or orange one or something, that in itself would be new. Yeah. It's funny. Did you did you ever play the PlayStation 1 game? I think it was on Dreamcast, too. The Episode 1 game, Jedi Power Battles. No, but I've heard about it where, uh, who is a Plo Koon that has a yellow lightsaber? Yeah, his was yellow, like Mace Windu has a blue lightsaber, and I think um, Adi Gallia had like a reddish type color. It wasn't quite red like a Sith, but it was that reddish color. It was like totally different and stuff you would never see now, now that every, we got all those lightsaber colors established. But I just thought it was funny by then. No one knew that it was only three colors, or four, green, blue, purple, and red, <laughs> but... Like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing another variation of a color in Episode Seven or this new trilogy. Yeah, well, of course, in video games, they always take liberties with lightsaber colors, anyways. Because um, I mean, even in you know games like Knights of the Old Republic, you've always got yellow and purple and uh, you know those different kinds of crystals. And then in, in games like The Force Unleashed, um, and, and this was before we had Pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars. You know, they had a black lightsaber. And yeah, they've got they, they've got different kinds of like blue and green ones that pulse and have different lighting effects and stuff like that. And then in the Old Republic MMO game, which I've been you know starting to play a lot more again lately, I mean some of those saber colors are ridiculous. Like you've got sabers with like a dark blue core and a glowing pink outside, and you know just some really crazy color combinations <laughs> of lightsaber crystals in there. So. Like, does um, someone have a rainbow lightsaber yet? <laughs> I don't think they've made a rainbow lightsaber. There's still always, you know, just two colors. But um, I, I think they have one that's called like a burnt orange uh, saber crystal or something like that, where it's like a black core and an orange glow around it. And yeah, there's there's lots of interesting combinations in there. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it here first. I want to see a flame saber now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We could. It's always possible, especially if any of these rumors are true about, um, you know, it's some sort of ancient Sith Lord making his way into the movie. Because, I mean, I wouldn't want to see sort of a, a modern 
lightsaber that has some sort of flame effect to it. If anything, if there was going to be some sort of flaming sword or flaming lightsaber or something like that, I, I would think it would work better as like an ancient Sith artifact, and that could be really cool. Yeah, and that was the the environment you were talking about it before. It looks like an environment where there's lots of trees, and it's like in a forest where there's snow. It just looks like a setting that there should be fire going around in the background, <laughs> like maybe not necessarily made by a flame saver, but something that causes a fire in this environment. I can see happening. It just has that look to it. Well, now we know Tim's a pyromaniac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite X Men character is Pyro. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he is pretty cool. I like that exactly. sequence in X-Men 2 when he's just like burning up all those cop cars and stuff. <laughs> anyway, that's our rant for the episode on lightsabers and X-Men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or if you want, I could throw in the human torch in there too. There's a lot of flame superheroes I can go with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we've got a couple of uh, new interviews from some of the Episode 7 cast. Anthony Daniels gave a really interesting interview in uh, Entertainment Weekly. Um, and Tim, I don't know if you went ahead and read all the way through this thing, but it's like two pages long. It's really long and he goes in depth, pretty much just talking about star Wars the whole time. I mean, obviously he doesn't give a lot away about episode seven and the story or anything like that. Um, but he does talk about doing, um, you know, putting the suit back on again. And JJ Abrams had asked him, like, do you just want to do a voiceover and we'll have C3, have C3PO be CGI this time around. And he was like, no, absolutely not. Like if I'm going to play the character, I'm going, going to be the character like I always do. Um, but you know, just talking a lot about the, the process of being in the suit and he gives some interesting stories about, um, the history of, you know, making the first star Wars and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, something that's interesting too, it's, it's sort of a really candid interview where he doesn't sort of shy away from giving some personal opinions. I mean, you can tell he likes Star Wars and likes being a part of it, but at the same time, he sort of openly criticizes George Lucas for some things like, um, you know, some of the over-reliance on CGI and the prequels and the special editions and that sort of thing. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting to read that and have him not just be like, oh yeah, it's Star Wars. And so I love Star Wars cause I'm in Star Wars and um, you know, just sort of gushing about it. Like it's, it's a very sort of personal and honest interview. So if you guys haven't checked that out, I would definitely recommend it. It's a really interesting read. Yeah, it definitely was. And I just love the beginning of the response you were talking about where JJ asked, no, oh, you just want to do a voiceover. And he says, no, but then JJ's all right. Like, I knew you would say that. Like, of course not. You have to be in the suit. And they also go on to talk about how he, they made some tweaks to this new C-3PO series going to be wearing, but it's tweaks where like, you're not going to notice it when you're watching the film. It's pretty much just so he can be comfortable in it and probably have the best experience that C-3PO he probably has <laughs> since he's done it in a new hope. But yeah, it goes on to talk about everything. The Star Wars Rebels, some Clone Wars, even a little bit of Star Tours. And like you said, some of the CG stuff, it's safe to say he wasn't a big fan of CG C-3PO <laughs> and how it was kind of a hassle for him to work on certain aspects of that in the prequels and just how it just works better when he's in the suit. Like, you just know how close and attached he is to C-3PO where he doesn't want anyone else doing it. <laughs> he even says it's as there's a... People who work on CG stuff, especially in particular C-3PO, they're really talented, they're brilliant, but again, they're just trying to be me. They're not me. So it's like, it's it's not C-3PO unless I do it, which I could totally get for someone who's been playing him so long, and it's just so linked to that character. So yeah, definitely an interesting read. Like you said, nothing too new on Episode 7, except for the fact that it's a new design uh, suit for him to be more comfortable in, not look-wise anyway, but just for him to, I guess, have better maneuverability in the suit than he's ever had before so yeah definitely an interesting read like you said definitely check it out 
Yeah, and there was one funny thing in there that he was talking about where he was um, he was sort of criticizing the, the CGI in the prequels and saying how there were certain scenes where they had to do CGI for C-3PO because it was stuff he just couldn't do physically. But he was like, having played the character physically for so long, you know, you look at it on screen when they do the CGI and sometimes he was just like, no, that's all wrong. Like this character, you know, he can't do that or he can't move this certain way or that's just all wrong. And he... You know, he said he was talking about one certain scene and he was kind of coy about it and didn't say exactly what scene he was talking about. But I'm like 98% sure he's talking about the droid factory scene. Yeah, that's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) When, you know, he's hanging off of that hovering loader droid and, um, you know, like, this is a nightmare. And, you know, he's (laughs) flying around the whole factory and uh, sort of clutching onto that thing. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, definitely a great read there. There was also an interview with uh, Oscar Isaac. This was also in Entertainment Weekly, um, but you know, he gives some some little tidbits there about uh, him being a fan of the original Star Wars and uh, getting to work with Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill on set and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's another one you can check out. Not quite as long or in depth as the the Anthony Daniels one, but um, you know, also an interesting read nonetheless. Yeah, the most interesting thing I got out of Oscar Isaac's interview was that he says he has interaction with on the film with all three of them, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill. He said, like, um, I believe the exact words, but he pretty made a point to say that it was both, like, on set or on the movie and off the movie. Like, so we know his character is going to have interaction with all three of them was what I got. And then the big thing everyone was taking from this interview, at least different sites, and what I saw was that he said there was going to be hundreds of stormtroopers, which we kind of knew already, given the fact we saw. We know they were making helmets for him, and we know there's going to be a big amount. So while that's definitely cool to hear, that wasn't the big thing I took away from his interview. It was mainly him saying he's going to have scenes, at least with Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. And also, he's not a big fan of the leaked set images. So <laughs> I don't think he was in them, but he's one of those who's like, just wait till you see the movie to be fully surprised. Why spoil yourself? But when you're hardcore fans like us, it's just really hard not to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, I still sort of spoiler check stuff with you and be like, is this really all that spoilers? You know, cause I, I definitely don't want to be spoiled at least on the story of the movie and on the big plot twists and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to Chrome Stormtroopers, I kind of can't help myself with peeking at those. Cause yeah. <laughs> that looks so cool. And because I run a podcast and have to sort of talk about this stuff anyways. Yeah. <laughs> that and Black X-Wings, that <laughs> sound really cool when you hear it, but then you just have to look at it when you know there's images out there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I love the new designs of the X-Wings too, so I'm glad I've seen that. Yeah, sorry, um, Oscar Isaac. We're going to keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, at some of the stuff at least. Um, but then there's uh, there was another interview with that Brian Johnson did on the Talkhouse podcast with uh, Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame, and uh, you know he's now a director who makes his own films and stuff. I didn't actually get to listen to this and check it out yet, but uh, you know it's the two of them talking Star Wars. And Tim, you said you listened to this and checked it out, right? Yeah, this was pretty cool to hear him talk about Star Wars. I mean, it's those things when that makes you think, why hasn't Lucasfilm announced this yet? Because it's like going to be the worst kept secret in the world where not even a secret because ryan johnson's talking about it freely whatever interview he does he mentions it so lucasfilm seems to be okay with it because they haven't told him to stop but um yeah so this interview this podcast is like 25 minutes the first part and then the episode eight talk doesn't really start to like that's 19 minutes in and it goes on for like the last five minutes or so but it was cool to finally hear him say that he's both writing and directing episode eight because 
when this rumor first started, it was like, oh, Ryan Johnson signed on to direct episodes eight and nine, and he's going to write episode eight, but not nine, or he's only going to direct episode eight and episode nine, or now it's only episode eight. But to kind of, or to actually hear it from his mouth saying, yeah, I'm writing and directing episode eight, that was good to hear for me anyway. So we know that that's set, even though Lucasfilm hasn't said anything about it, when you hear the director and writer actually say it, yeah. And he just goes on to talk about how it's the best experience he's had writing and how cool it is to work on something he's loved for so much and kind of have the responsibility to continue on his legacy. He's kind of talking about two where it's not really a burden for him. He's kind of trying to work out the balance of like having fun with it because he loves Star Wars so much, but knowing the responsibility he has to continue on like with, with his great legacy. So he just sounds super excited about it and just has a great attitude, at least I think, as far as going into writing episode eight. And then the other part that kind of got some headlines in the interview um, Terry Gilliam asked him, if, oh, so you're going to bring Frank Oz back as Yoda, right? And Ryan Johnson said, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, how can you not bring him back? <laughs> and that kind of sparked the thing, oh, so is Yoda going to be in episode eight? Is this confirming it? But I kind of took it as if you listen to the actual podcast, it just kind of sounds like they were having some fun, like just Terry Gilliam just throwing it out there. So you're going to bring Frank Oz back for Yoda, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, of course, sure. Why wouldn't I? I have to do that. It just sounded all like tongue-in-cheek type thing where they're just goofing around with each other and saying that. But um, if, I'm sure if they do plan to have Yoda in it, he would definitely want to have Frank Oz. <laughs> That's not going to be too much of a stretch, but I think it was just something they were just having some fun with when they were talking about that. But overall, I recommend listening to this interview too. It's not that long. It's only about five minutes at the end of it, but just how weird is it to hear stuff about episode eight already? <laughs> and we're still in the middle of production of episode seven. I just love all this stuff. More Star Wars getting out there. I mean, Episode seven spinoff, and now episode eight's already in discussion. I just love it. So, if you just need more Star Wars fix beyond episode seven, definitely check out this interview. And just overall, I'm just really happy about Ryan Johnson taking over for episode eight. I mean, when we first heard about this, we were kind of wondering why isn't JJ gonna do it? It's kind of wish he would do all three so it can like have his stamp on this new trilogy. But when you every time I hear Ryan Johnson talk about it, I think it's gonna be in great hands. And just can't wait to see what it's going to be about after we see episode seven. So should be a, a long way to speculate for episode eight, but it's going to be just as fun as we're doing for episode seven right now. Oh yeah. That's still a long way off before we start speculating about story rumors or, um, you know, casting rumors or anything like that for episode eight. I mean, heck we have to see episode seven first. So we know yeah. <laughs> what the story is going to be heading into episode eight, but you know, that's the one thing I haven't heard too many people ask them. Like, oh, so how much have you seen of Episode 7 or know of Episode 7? They're just pretty much strictly talking about Episode 8. I'm sure he won't reveal anything, but you don't hear that get asked him about too much. Oh, yeah, but I guarantee you he's read the script for Episode oh, yeah. 7 because he needs to know what to continue on into Episode 8. So Exactly. I wonder if he's, he's probably might have even seen a rough cut of it, maybe, or <laughs> what J.J. Abrams has. Possibly. I mean, I don't know if they have a complete rough cut done yet. Well, you know, he might have seen some scenes or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, because they're still shooting Episode 7. Although they're probably pretty close to wrapping up now. I mean, uh, Anthony Daniels tweeted out just the other day, I think within the past week or so, um, that he had finished, uh, that he had wrapped up shooting on the movie and he said, uh, let's see, where is this? He said, in today's golden hour on a back lot in Southeast England, it was a wrap for me. Terminal, I hope only in relation to episode seven, time will tell. And that was from September 26th. So just from a few days ago. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, if C-3PO is done, you know, they're probably pretty close to, done on the whole thing i'm sure you know they might have some more battle scenes or something to shoot that he's not involved in but um 
you know, it's been going on since what May that they started production and we're almost into October here. So I would think they're going to be done with shooting pretty soon. And then we'll start getting, you know, rumors about when we're going to see the first poster and the first trailer and start getting rumors about the first spinoff movie. So, I mean, this stuff's going to just keep going on. Yeah. Yeah, can you believe that it's already almost done and all that times fly by? I mean, summer is over the shooting. It's <laughs> like you said, almost wrapping up. It's just flying by. It, it's definitely a good thing because it just means we're not much closer to the movie. But exactly, by I was going to say, yeah, no complaints there. Yeah, in regards to Anthony Daniels' tweet about wrapping up and kind of saying it's terminal only, hopefully for only episode seven. I'm like, oh, come on, Stupio's going to be in all three of this <laughs> new trilogy. There's no way they're going to get rid of him. I mean, he's been a staple of all of the movies. I just can't picture him being gone at the beginning of episode seven. I mean, he's going to be in all three. It just, it has to be. Oh yeah. I mean, I most likely, but... Safe, I guess, huh? I guess he's just playing it safe. He doesn't want to assume anything, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Be in it. Yeah. Most likely. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all the episode seven stuff for this week. And now we can get on to probably the biggest piece of news we have for this week, which is related to, of all things, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, yeah. <laughs> which just won't seem to go away. And that is perfectly fine with us because, I mean, as we know, the series got canceled, but then we had the lost missions and, uh, you know, those 13 episodes of season six that came out. And then, um, you know, we've got the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comics, and then we've got the Ventress novel that's coming out this year, which now I think we know is going to be titled um, Dark Disciple. Yeah. I think. Um, at least that was going to be the title of one of the episodes, and it sounds like that's going to be the title of the novel. But this past week, um, there were kind of some rumors that there might be a big Clone Wars announcement coming that week, and then. Um, just out of the blue on Thursday, this whole huge new section of StarWars.com showed up that they're calling uh, the Clone Wars Legacy. And it's uh, basically, you know, them sort of giving this new outlet for, um, you know, sharing new stories from the Clone Wars that haven't, uh, that we haven't gotten to see yet. There's an intro video with Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo and some other people at Lucasfilm talking about just sort of the legacy of the Clone Wars and what it means and how it's the last official canon Star Wars story that George Lucas was involved in and just how they want to get out more of these stories. And so they talk about um, the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comics. They talk about the Ventress novel that's coming out next year. And they talk about this Utapau arc um, where it's you know a four-part story with Anakin and Obi-Wan, and they go to Utapau before Episode Three, and uh, you know there's some other stuff going on there. But it were, really was um, one thing that I was sort of hoping to get to see more of on Clone Wars, and something that I know James Arnold Taylor said after the show got canceled that in some upcoming episodes we were going to get to explore more of Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship and see how Ahsoka's departure affected Anakin and all that kind of stuff. Stuff I was really looking forward to seeing. And then, you know, of course, I thought, oh, we're not going to get to see it now because the show is canceled. That's disappointing. But it's, you know, that was really what this Utapau arc was all about. And then they, they, you know, they announced in this video, like, okay, we're putting this up on StarWars.com for people to watch in this sort of unfinished animatic storyboard format. And if you've ever watched any of the behind-the-scenes stuff on the Clone Wars DVDs or Blu-rays or any of the deleted scenes or anything like that, um, you can kind of get an idea of what this sort of animation is that they're talking about. It's like this rough, just sort of blocked-out thing that they do um, to sort of get a concept of what the episode is going to look like before they actually go in and do all the real 
um, you know, in depth, like the, the texturing and the modeling and the lighting and all that kind of stuff. So you can watch all of these episodes on starwars.com. Now there's four 22 minute episodes. They're just not, they don't have the finished final animation on them, but they have, they at least have visuals for all of it. Like the animation is there. It's just not finished and complete. It's like rough. It's like really rough sort of placeholder models of all the characters and stuff. But the voice acting is there. I mean, full voiceover dialogue from James Arnold Taylor and Matt Lanter and all the other Clone Wars voice actors. Um, the music from Kevin Kiner is there. And I think this is actually like new music that he recorded for this arc before, you know, must've been before the show got canceled or maybe they even had him, work on it and finish it in his spare time or something. Cause I don't know how far ahead of time he does the score for all these episodes, but, and there's new music in there that I'm pretty sure we haven't heard in any other Clone Wars arc before. Um, so I think it's, you know, new music that was specifically recorded for these episodes and then, um, you know, either finished or placeholder, uh, you know, sound effects and ambient sounds and everything throughout the whole thing. So, I mean, if you watch these episodes, like I said, it's not finished, it's not perfect and polished and everything, but you definitely can get a sense of the story and what's going on. And it almost feels like watching four brand new Clone Wars episodes. And it was just awesome and a huge surprise and uh, really exciting to get these. Boy, man, this was awesome. <laughs> this news blew me away. I was really excited for it. Because like you said, there was rumors going around, like expect something big this week on StarWars.com. Like it, it's going to blow you away. And there was people thinking, oh, is it going to continue on like the unfinished season? Is it going to bring it back? Or is it going to be just the Blu-ray announcements? Like from the extreme to the very little of <laughs> what excitement for this news can be. But I always had my own speculations of what it could be. I was thinking, oh, maybe just like some of the audio of the voice recordings that they did for the unfinished episodes that maybe we'll get some like radio drama style style type stuff which would be cool in my opinion this was just audio form but when we got this this was just like i said it blew me away i mean lucasfilm did not have to do this they could just said oh it's never gonna see the light of day it's finished we're moving on to rebels now i mean clone wars is over you got the lost missions that turned out great and that's it but the fact that they still want these stories that were from George Lucas. They want them to be told. I mean, Pablo Hidalgo even made a point to say that in the actual like introduction video. These stories are from George Lucas. We consider them as um, have happening. So as far as my mind, that's all I need to hear as far as the thing that they are canon. So <laughs> that was great to hear. And the fact, like you said, getting to see a visual of it. Sure, it's not the finished animation, but I got to tell you, when I was watching this stuff, it, it didn't really bother me at all. The voice acting performances were just awesome. I mean, they totally did his job of just immersing you into the stories. I mean, this four episodes arc, I mean, the Utapau arc, that was never on our radar or anything that we were speculating to see as part of the Lost Mission. So to get something totally new out of the blue and have it be centered on Obi-Wan and Anakin was just great. And I guess I was telling you this earlier, this is probably one of the better Anakin and Obi-Wan centric stories we've had. I mean, the dialogue that they had, their performances, like I said, that Matt Lanter and James Arnold Taylor did, I think were probably some of their best. And I could definitely see why they wanted to get this story out there to be told because, yeah, there was so much good stuff in it. Tons of cool action. Like you said, there was some stuff where Anakin's talking about Ahsoka and why she left. And I don't know if we want to get too much into that now, but it just left an impression on me with some of the stuff that happened in this arc. And it just blew me away. And just, like I said, just so thankful that they gave this to us because I really think they didn't have to. And it's just something that they're doing for the fans because they know that Clone Wars has such a loyal fan base. And there's so much cool stories left to tell and they want to get it out there. And the one thing I'm hoping for is that this is just the first of a few that um, 
episodes that weren't finished, but yet they have vocal recordings for. And it's the one you and me always go back to, the Bounty Hunter arc with Boba Fett and Cad Bane, because I know for a fact that that episode was recorded. And if they're saving that for later on, that's going to be awesome. So who knows how many of these they have, but just the fact that they gave us just this one is just really awesome, and it blew me away. I was super excited for it. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting this, but I'm so glad it happened. Yeah, it was a great thing to end the week on last week when we got this. Like, I think it was late Thursday afternoon is when we got it. So, yeah, totally cool of Lucasfilm. I just hope we get to see more. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, this just made me grateful to to Dave Filoni and his whole crew that they're not just getting these out there, but getting them out there so quickly. Because I remember in one interview, I forget if it was Dave Filoni or it was probably Filoni, but it could have even, even been like Kathleen Kennedy or somebody like that who was talking about – um, how, you know, the Clone Wars is over and we're moving on, but we still have stories that we didn't get to tell and we know how important those are to the crew and to the fans and, you know, we're not just going to throw those away. Like, we'll keep them and we'll find ways to let the fans experience those stories. And, I mean, I, in one of the interviews they said something about um, there still being new Clone Wars stories coming in various formats over the next, like, 10 years or so. And so once we got the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comics, I was like, who knows how long it's going to be before we get another Clone Wars story. Like, I'm just happy we get to finish off this one story arc, but, um, you know, then maybe we'll get, like, one or two a year from now on. But instead, we've already found out, you know, it was what, uh, just at San Diego Comic-Con that they announced the Ventress novel, and then yeah. we get this Utapau arc that drops out of nowhere. Um, and I'm just like, man, this is all we've got so far. And I would be happy with just this. I mean, I was happy just with the Lost Missions, but now yeah. you know, the, the more and more story arcs that come, I'm like, on the one hand, I'm just grateful and I'm happy and I'm like, this is good enough. But at the same time, it's like, are, are we going to even keep getting more of these? Because if so, like, bring it on, keep them coming because I love this stuff. Um, but like, yeah, like in this video that they've got um, talking about the Clone Wars legacy, they just mentioned the three arcs, the Ventress arc, the Maul arc, and then the Utapau arc. And I've seen this reported on a lot of other sites um, you know, just like news sites where they're like um, sort of relaying the information saying that these things are now available on StarWars.com. And a lot of them are talking about it as if these are the only three stories that we're going to get. Um, and, you know, they're writing these news news articles like Lucasfilm wraps up the Clone Wars with three final story arcs in various formats and stuff. And from watching the video, I didn't get that sense. Yeah, um, I just got the sense of like, okay, here's this new section on StarWars.com that we're calling Clone Wars Legacy, and this is where you can find information about any future Clone Wars story arcs that we might be putting out. And for now, like, this is what we've got. You know, we already told you about the Maul thing. We already told you about the Ventress thing. And now here's this new Utapau arc. And they kind of leave it open, like, you know, that's it for now, but sort of keep an eye out here if there's anything else in the future. And I think... I think there will be more Clone Wars stories, whether it's more comics or more novels. And I hope we at least get maybe one more story arc in this animatic format. Cause that was really cool just to be able to watch this again. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely don't think this is the end and uh, you know, that these are all the Clone Wars stories we're going to get. And again, if that happens to be the case, then I'm just grateful for all the extra ones that we've been able to get so far. But I mean, for all the people reporting on it, like, no, nope, Clone Wars is done. Like this is the last extra story we're going to get. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. I didn't get that impression at all when I was watching the video and they kind of made it like 
this is a new section of StarWars.com that's probably going to be updated in the future. It doesn't seem like it's just one post where you're going to see these videos. It says Star Wars Legacy is a new section on StarWars.com, which makes me think, yeah, so this is going to be something that they can be adding stuff to. But if they don't, I mean, it's, like you said, that Utapau arc was a good place to leave it on. <laughs> and, I mean, I just want to talk a little bit about how cool that arc was. I mean, going into it, didn't have no idea what the story was going to be. We didn't even know this arc was even around that <laughs> this was possibility of one of the episodes that wasn't finished, but boy, man, like so many good stuff I could say about it. Uh, Storyline with it, it just started off as a mystery investigating a Jedi murder. And by the way, I'll throw the spoiler tags out there. Cause I want to talk about certain things in case you haven't watched it yet, but the main the draw or the stuff I loved about this episode, which I'm sure pretty much every star Wars fan will be Obi-Wan and Anakin. This, this took their relationship to a new level for me. This Anakin in this arc, I don't know if you felt this way, Kyle, but he just sounded different. Just like he's sick of what's going on. He's sick of the, the war, of what happened with Ahsoka. And just that he kind of has this like carefree attitude where he's doing things a little more recklessly than I think we've seen before in the past and doing a little more things aggressively too. So I liked how that Anakin was portrayed in this. And, he, and I think it made him more funny too. He had some great lines in this one, in this arc. But the big thing was in the second episode where they bring back Ahsoka. It was such a, they even had that in the introduction video where he's all, okay, I'll contact Ahsoka. And he just goes silent. And then Obi-Wan's all like, do you want to talk about it? And he's all like, what's there to talk about? And then we have that great moment when they're setting up camp. And then Anakin, he, he lets it out. He tells Obi-Wan what's bothering him. And so much good stuff in that moment. <laughs> what I'll start with is where he actually, what he's talking about Ahsoka. And the thing that got to me was that he sounded like he was mad at her. He's like, he's viewing her as a failure. And I, when I heard that, like, whoa, I was taken back. I was thinking, like, he'd be more mad at the Jedi Order for what they did to her. And he did say that. He did throw that at Obi-Wan's face with the Jedi Order, how they were so quick to not trust her. But at the end, he viewed her as a failure. And when he says, like, how would you feel if I was like that, if I did that, I failed you. <laughs> Man, Obi-Wan's line, it just hits you hard where he goes, that has to happen, nor will it ever happen. It's like, oh, man. Right. <laughs> that was just it's so like, awesome. Yeah, man. not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this makes that line in episode three at the end when he's fighting where he goes, I failed you, Anakin. I failed you. This makes that even more potent. So, yeah, stuff like that. And then that second episode was probably the best out of all four, but all four of them had stuff to enjoy. I mean, the first part had that cool sequence with the Utapau dragon who was supposed to be uh, a deleted scene in episode three after Order 66 where Obi-Wan and Boga fall into the water. Obi-Wan's supposed to have an encounter with that creature. So it was cool that they used that design for Clone Wars. And then they have some great uh, moment in the second part with Anakin using some blasters in the fourth. It's like <laughs> something you wouldn't expect to see a Jedi use so much, but Anakin pulled it off really cool. And like Obi-Wan saying, no, I find them to be like too clumsy <laughs> to use. So it's cool stuff like that. A lot of nods to the movie just made this arc really cool. So I know I rambled on a little bit of how much I loved it. So, but what about you, Kyle? How are you doing? Oh, no, I mean, I agree completely. And then not to mention that the whole plot revolves around and again, kind of spoilerish territory here, but the, basically the whole story arc is foreshadowing the construction of the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I liked how it was done, though. Like, they never directly referenced it. I kept thinking that at the end of one of the episodes, we were going to see a scene of, like, Darth Sidious and Count Dooku together, like, looking over the Death Star plans and talking about this giant, you know, energy crystal that they were trying to get. Um, but they never actually referenced it directly. I mean, the most direct reference that we got is 
um, at the end of the arc, Yoda is talking about, you know, there's these ancient tales and these ancient legends about these giant crystals being used to power super weapons of unimaginable power and destruction. Um, but just the fact that, you know, you, you see this giant green crystal that, you know, it gets hit by battle droid lasers and stuff and starts glowing and charging up and fires this big green laser. Like, you know exactly what they're going to yeah. use that for later down the line, <laughs> even though they never directly reference it. Like, they don't have to. You know what that's going to be for. Totally, yeah. <laughs> it, it works so perfectly, too, how uh, they were trying to just – even though it wasn't finished animation, but even the effects they had finished for that, where you saw the green blast, it even you just knew, like I said, it was the Death Star beam. And I was waiting for like someone, some characters to like shield their eyes and cover like <laughs> the Death Star uh, gunner troopers did in the New Hope, but even the battle droids did, as referenced in the Malevolent trilogy, someone to do that gesture again. But uh, yeah, and the fourth part uh, that had some cool moments too, where they're trying to bring that crystal out of General Grievous' ship. <laughs> One of my favorite moments is that where Obi-Wan actually loses his lightsaber and then Anakin has to hand it to him. He's like <laughs> making fun of him, kind of recalling back to episode two. Like, remember, Master, this weapon is your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm glad they included that too because I was hoping that would be in the first episode. I think like in the first or second episode of that arc, they're having a fight with some Magna Guards and, uh, you know, Obi-Wan's fighting one and Anakin's fighting one and Obi-Wan yeah. loses his lightsaber in the fight with the Magna Guard and Anakin, like, kills his and then comes over to help Obi-Wan. And I was hoping in that scene that he was going to pick up Obi-Wan's lightsaber and hand it to him and be like, Master, this weapon is your life, you know, but then he didn't. And so I'm glad that uh, that he brought it back in later. I will say the only thing that I was disappointed by in this story arc was that there were still no loose wire jokes. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's one thing that I I keep feeling like they've missed a golden opportunity to include that in Clone Wars in Episode Three when, um, you know, Anakin's like, "What was that all about?" And Obi Wan's like, "Well, all two And Anakin's like, "Hey, no loose wire jokes. Yeah. He's trying." And Obi Wan's like, "I didn't say anything. Did I say anything?" <laughs> um, so yeah, I would have loved to see R two in this episode and have you know a, a loose wire joke made somewhere, or even just have a reference like. You know, maybe there there was one part where they were trying to get through a locked door or something like that, and Anakin was trying to cut through it with his lightsaber, and he was like, this is going to take too long. And, you know, they could have had a line where he's like, man, I wish I had R2 here to unlock this thing, and Obi-Wan could have been like, eh, I don't know, Anakin, I think that loose droid, I think that droid of yours has a loose wire sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would have been perfect. Another yeah. thing I was thinking of, too, like, what if, instead of Utapal, it was cool to see Utapal, what if it was Kato Nimodia? Like, it's the reference when Obi-Wan says, like, that business on Kato Nimodia doesn't, doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I know for... it's supposed to be from Labyrinth of Evil, but that's Legends now, not necessarily canon. So to have the official canon version of what happened on Kato Nimodia would have been cool, too. Yeah. And, I mean, I also think, I'm not sure if that line in the movie was supposed to be a direct reference to the book or if they included that included that in the book because they knew it was already in the episode seven script or the episode seven, the episode three script. <laughs> um, you know, if it was just sort of included in the script, it's just sort of a casual throwaway line. And then James Lucino who wrote that novel was like, Oh, well, what if I actually turn that into something in the book? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been cool. Like I said, Clone Wars does such a good job of establishing things from the movies that you just could be like a throwaway line or a quick reference and kind of expand on it. So there's a part of it always waiting for like some type of adventure for Obi-Wan and Anakin to go to Cato Nimodia on Clone Wars. We know Anakin's been there in the the first Clovis episode, but I don't believe Obi-Wan's ever been there. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? Um, 
I'm still not sure Obi-Wan's ever been there, but also Anakin and Ahsoka were there in uh, Sabotage. Yeah, that's right. At yeah. the beginning of that episode where they had the, the aerial battle to open up that one. But um, yeah, I mean, like you said, though, just great art, some great action. That scene with Anakin wielding the two blasters and just taking down rows and rows of these uh, you know battle droids and whatever those new alien species were like the, Zookies, I think they're called. yeah the weapons merchants that crawl around on spider legs that I mean that was just such a cool scene even in unfinished yeah you know, the animatic form I'm like that would have been so cool to see in animation but I mean still just seeing it in motion did more for me than uh, you know just reading that Darth Maul story arc on the pages of a comic book because at least you get to see it in motion and you kind of get a little bit more of a sense of what the shots would have looked like and uh, you know how all the action would have played out and all that. Yeah, and but, it's cool too because uh, Dave Filoni was saying this is like you get a sneak peek in what to like what I show Lucas and what we view on like <laughs> some of our days at work when we're going over these episodes because he said this is exactly what I show uh, George Lucas all the time when we're going over episodes. So that was kind of cool to experience that in a way. Yeah. Now, also, I don't know if you noticed this, but I mean, I think this was supposed to be an arc from season seven, mm. and I think they might have been planning to update the character models again. Yeah. Um, kind of like we did in season three. It was hard to tell because, again, these could have just been like these placeholder animatic models that they were using, and uh, you know, maybe the final animation in the actual episode would have looked just like how we how it normally looks. But from at least from what we could see here, Obi Wan looked pretty much the same, so it was kind of hard to tell if he would have been different at all but Anakin definitely looked like his hair was longer and his tunic was darker and General Grievous looked a lot more like episode 3 General Grievous where you can actually see some of his organs and stuff through like the armor plating on his body yeah actually with Grievous I must have not noticed that too much but I definitely noticed with Anakin he looks so much closer to his episode 3 look than he did before in Clone Wars and this new model in Clone Wars looked pretty close too, but this one just took it like right there where it's probably pretty much the same. So yeah, I kind of agree with probably what's intended to be for season seven. And cause I think we've got all the arc for season six with the Darth Maul, Dathomir, some Dathomir story planned to be the season finale. And well, I think we're still missing the bounty hunter arc. If that yeah, one was going to be part of season to six see. too. Yeah. Which hopefully again, will be on this uh, legacy section in the new future, but yeah, Tons of cool stuff to just geek out about. I mean, we can go on forever with all this cool stuff, talking about each episode, but man. Like, it's like the gift you weren't expecting that just blew you away and just, like, would make you, like, happy for the next few days just because you know you got it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, like we said, we heard rumors that there was going to be some new Clone Wars stuff. Um, or that there was going to be a big Clone Wars announcement, but I wasn't getting my hopes up too much, especially because we'd also heard a lot of rumors lately um, that the Clone Wars Season 6, The Lost Lost Missions, is going to be coming out on DVD and Blu-ray before the end of this year. Um, We've been seeing that on multiple sites, and I think we've even talked about before how it's been popping up on like German sites listed for pre-order and stuff, but we had a new rumor this past week or something that... um, you know, saying it's going to be out in the U.S. before the end of the year. And so I was thinking it might just be that announcement, or if not that, you know, it might be something a little bit bigger. But I wasn't getting my hopes up for something really super cool. And then this thing comes out, and I'm like, man, I was definitely not expecting this. And we got the the video with Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo and everybody talking about it. We get these four whole new, you know, almost completed episodes. And then in addition to that, there are, uh, there are new behind the scenes concept art galleries 
for this story arc and the Darth Maul son of Dathomir arc and the Ventress arc. So, um, yeah, I mean, just a ton of new content that, like we said, none of us were really expecting. And it was just sort of just this really cool, unexpected gift that we can, uh, you know, get a lot of enjoyment out of. Yeah, going back to the Blu-ray rumors, which I'm kind of hoping we're hearing more and more about it. So it's looking more likely we'll hopefully get either the season six Blu-ray release or like the real complete box of the Clone Wars, all the episodes. Kind of hoping that maybe they can stick the Suda Power arc or maybe some of those uh, special or like concept art designs for Son of Dathomir and the Ventress arc as the special features on the Blu-ray set. Because that'd be cool just to watch the Uda Power arc on a Blu-ray, because like I said, you're so immersed with the voice acting and what animation is there, you can just get as much enjoyment out of it as you almost could as a normal, complete, finished episode. So I'm hoping it gets included there, because if there was one negative to say about this whole thing, they had a little glitch with uh, the episode links, it turns out. I think you were telling me that when you clicked on the third episode, it actually played the fourth one, and the third episode wasn't there for the first few hours, right? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, for the first few hours when they first uploaded it, and then they fixed it later that night. Yeah, because I've heard it was fixed, but then I had a problem with the fourth episode, because I was watching them on my iPad, then when I clicked the fourth one, it was only like 42 seconds, I'm like, what? This can't be right. You know, and I heard that... I heard some people having that problem too. They said they tried to watch the fourth episode and it it linked to um, like this a trailer for the Star Wars Commander app. Yep, exactly. Um, like. I I heard that. I never saw that for myself. Like I didn't have that problem. I did see the link for the fourth episode. It only had it listed as forty seven seconds. But then when I actually clicked on it to play it, it played the whole twenty two minute episode. Yeah. So the problem with that was is that for some reason, I guess when you're watching on a tablet or the iPhone. It wouldn't play. It would just play that ad for Force Commander. And then if you just watch it on your desktop computer, it would play normally. It would stay, still play like 47 seconds on there. But once you click play, it'll start playing like normal. So I just had to watch it on the computer instead of my iPad for the fourth episode. But still, <laughs> a small little complaint for otherwise a great package of new Clone Wars content that we got. But hopefully it'll still make its way to Blu-ray one day. Yeah. Now, you know, I wonder if when the the Lost Missions come out on Blu-ray, if they'll maybe include something like this on there as a special feature, but maybe include another episode or story arc or something as an exclusive to try yeah. to get more people to buy it who've you know already seen the episodes on Netflix. One thing that I would love to see, um, even though we've already gotten the whole Darth Maul story arc in comic book format, I would love to see these animatic stories for that Darth Maul arc, because I'm sure they recorded that. Like if this was supposed to be season seven and they had already recorded all the voiceover for these episodes, I'm sure they recorded all the voiceover for the Darth Maul stuff as well. Um, and I mean, you know, I've talked about this before as cool as those comic books were and as awesome as the story was, there were some lightsaber battles and some battle scenes in there that I just, you know, was still disappointed that I was, that I didn't get to see on you know, on the screen in motion because that stuff would have just been so cool to see play out. Um, and so, you know, even though it wouldn't be like the finished versions or anything, if we could get those storyboard animatics of, uh, of those Darth Maul episodes and have those see the light of day, that would be so cool. And I could see them doing that as an extra, you know, an extra feature on the Blu-ray because it's like, you know, it's not exactly a new story or new episode that they're going to put out on this uh, this legacy section because, you know, in some ways they've already told that story. But to put it on there as an extra on the Blu-ray for people that want to see, um, you know, be able to see those episodes 
or, you know, versions of those episodes, you know, that would be just really cool to include. So I hope that happens, but that's just sort of my personal wish list. And as cool as that would be, I'm kind of not so sure if they actually did record the Darth Maul story arc because you know how different the production schedule is or for what actually airs and what episodes are intended for which season. Because I know if you look out the, like the official episode list that was in Star Wars Insider a few months ago, it was like certain episodes that were for season two were actually supposed to be in season one or season two and season three. It's kind of all over the place. So I'm kind of, cause I remember hearing that Dave Filoni or that Sam Whitworth saying that they've talked about where Darth Maul was going to go in the future, but I believe Sam Whitworth said they never actually did any recording for it. And the last episode he did record was what we got in the bounty in the death watch Darth Maul arc in season five. So that one, I'm not too sure on. I mean, totally agree with you Kyle that would be so awesome to see and kind of wish that that is the case if they did record record the voices for it but I don't think it's the case because uh, I'm not going to remember exactly where he said it from but I do believe I remember him saying they haven't done anything other than what was already recorded for Darth Maul well you know now that you bring that up I think you're right I think I do remember reading that too and so um, if they're not going to record any extra new dialogue for these you know animatic things like at least just give me some animatics of the battle scenes, like a little, you know, three-minute <laughs> yeah. clip or something, just so I can see these in motion. That would be so awesome. Yeah, that would be cool too. Yeah, just a little something. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that's the the big unexpected uh, Clone Wars news that we got, and then of course for Star Wars Rebels, that's going to be premiering this Friday, um, October third on Disney Channel. But if you have um, well, you you can watch it early on this Watch Disney XD app, or you can go on WatchDisneyXD.com. Um, you have to sign in with your subscriber information if you have cable or satellite or something. Apparently, not DirecTV if you're Tim. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> most of the big cable and satellite providers are on there, and you can sign in with your information, and you can watch the Star Wars Rebels premiere now. Um, I just watched it last night. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I was planning to just wait till it aired on Friday to watch it because I wanted to watch it in you know full HD on my TV and not watch it on my computer or my phone or something like that. But then I realized I have an Apple TV and that comes built in with the Disney, the Watch Disney XD app. So I was like, oh well, that's already hooked up to my TV. I'll just watch it on here. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, for those of you who are waiting to watch it on TV on Friday, we'll probably record a new episode this weekend where we just talk really in depth about this Rebels premiere and do a big in-depth review on that. So I'm not going to talk about it too much right now. Um, but yeah, so that's on there. Uh, you can go to watchdisneyxd.com if you want to check it out early. Um, and then in the meantime, you know, we've had some new trailers and preview clips and stuff like that leading up to it. Uh, a couple new episode descriptions. I mean, last time we had some new episode titles and we were intrigued by this one called Rise of the Old Masters. Um, and we've got a new description for this episode. Now, one thing I will say before we get into these episode descriptions, these are a little bit spoilerish. Um, I've noticed, like, you know, just reading some of these, I'm like, man, that kind of gives away a little bit more about the episode than most episode descriptions you would see. Because um, it's not just sort of the premise of the episode, but it kind of tells you what happens like halfway through. Um, so spoiler warning here, but for Rise of the Old Masters, it says, uh, the rebels learned that old Jedi Master Luminara Unduli is being held captive in the Stitgen system. Uh, they get to her only to realize they have fallen into a trap set by the Inquisitor, but by working together, they managed to escape by the skin of their teeth. Um, 
so yeah, like I said, that kind of sums up the whole episode and not just, uh, you know, a lot of episode descriptions will tell you sort of where they're at at the beginning and what the plot is going to be about, but not sort of how the whole thing turns out. Um, well, I will say regarding spoilers, if that's all there is, then you really haven't, they didn't really spoil too much because I think I might've had this episode spoiled by me by a comment that was going to be made on the Rebels podcast. Like as I was going through the, the comments that were, got notifications for there and I saw that one and someone kind of put what happened and he says, I saw the episode and I don't know for sure if he's just playing around if he did see it and he just wanted to spoil it. But like, ah, oh, really? You had to put that because <laughs> it, yeah, it really tells you the whole thing about the episode as far as, so I won't say too much about it, but, uh, I'm just a little mad that I got spoiled, possibly spoiled on it. So I'll know in a few weeks when this episode premieres, but uh, it's something I wish I didn't find out just by looking at a comment. <laughs> yeah, well, just, I mean, my own personal speculation on this, I don't think Luminar is going to make it out of this. I mean, if they go to rescue her and find out it's a trap set by the Inquisitor, and we know the Inquisitor is out there hunting Jedi. I mean, even when we saw the trailer from Comic-Con where they mentioned Luminara and they're going to rescue her, I was like, why would she be in captivity? Why wouldn't the Empire, you know, the Empire just kill her when you've got the Inquisitor and Vader out there who are trying to hunt down and kill the remaining Jedi? Um, and so now, you know, if we know this is a trap, I'm guessing that springing that trap involves the Inquisitor killing Luminara. Um, I don't know if that's what you had spoiled for you or not, but that's just my guess. And if there's anything more to it that you got spoiled, then I don't want to know. But that's just my guess for that episode. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I'm kind of hoping I mean, I'm proven wrong, though, because <laughs> I, uh, just the, I don't mind finding out spoilers if I'm actually looking for it and I read it on my own account, but when it's something I'm... That just thrown at your face without even realizing that's where it gets you. It's like, uh, why did you do that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I hate when that happens. Um, and then we've got another uh, rumored uh, description for another episode called Breaking Ranks, um, where Ezra goes undercover with, uh, you know, some Imperial cadets. And this, you know, we, we've seen uh, clips of this in a trailer where Ezra's wearing um, sort of, you know, a... a Imperial cadet training outfit or something and uh, is in there with some other um, young Imperials wearing, you know, sort of like training stormtrooper helmets. Um, but yeah, it says the rebels send Ezra under a false name to the Imperial Academy to steal a decoder. There he meets two new friends, Zare and Jai, who belong to the best, best cadets like himself. When Ezra discovers that the Emperor will call the, only the best to himself, he and the two others are trying to escape from the Academy, but as they get close to succeeding... Um, yeah, I don't know who wrote this description. It's all kinds of... <laughs> it's translated from German, so uh, I don't the translation was too accurate. Yeah, well, apparently whoever translated this was not completely fluent in six million forms of communication. Um, <laughs> but as they get close to succeeding, Zare changes his mind and wants to stay in the Academy because it's the only way he is able to find his lost sister. Um, so that sounds, you know, like another interesting episode, obviously seems like it would be one really focused on Ezra. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just can't wait till, till the series actually airs and we get to see all these new stories every week. Yeah. I know previously I said I was really looking forward to the episode rise of the old masters, but then when I read this description, this is like the next one on my list for episodes. I can't wait just to see a little aspects of the Imperial Academy and seeing what stormtrooper training is going to be has me super excited. And then also too the fact that where the storyline goes, according to this description, that apparently these cadets are so good that 
the emperor summons them. I mean, <laughs> that's gonna just gonna be a cool backdrop for a story in itself. I doubt we'll see Palpatine at all, but just knowing that his presence will be felt in this episode is gonna be pretty cool. And then we'll probably get to see maybe how Imperial cadets who want to join the rebellion actually some of the process of what they do to escape and to get out of the academy because we know um, in a new hope when like Biggs and Luke's talking about the academy and those deleted scenes they're talking about the Imperial Academy and then they're going to like jump ship and go to the rebellion so if we could actually see some aspects of that stuff I think that's going to be really cool so I can't wait for this episode like you said that trailer we saw that quick glimpse of the Imperial Stormtrooper cadet outfits that look pretty cool I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll get uh, an appearance by a clone trooper or something because <laughs> I know Lucas has said that a part of his plan for post-Clone Wars and the Dark Times era was that there are some clone troopers that are in charge of uh, training the Imperial cadets, so I'm hoping we get a clone trooper somehow in this episode. So I'm Yeah, really I was going to say that too. That's probably the thing I'm most looking forward to about that episode. Especially yeah. if it's a clone trooper we recognize, like if it's Commander Cody or somebody like that. Yeah, you know what? Cody is the one I definitely see sticking around with the empire regime because in order 66 he doesn't seem too remorseful <laughs> about shooting obi-wan and then rounding up everyone on Utapau as it looks like they're being captured so i could see cody getting with the program of the empire and sticking around so that'd be cool if it is him yeah definitely um and then lastly i mean we've got a uh, another interview with simon kinberg talking about rebels and sort of how it may or may not connect to episode seven and um, talking about some of the darker elements of the show and how some characters are going to have some pretty dark backstories for why they wanted to join up and fight the Empire in the first place and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, this is over at uh, what Empire.com, EmpireOnline.com for Empire Magazine. Um, you know, just more publicity and hype leading up to the show. You can go le- uh, read this whole interview over there if you want to check that out. And was there any other interesting stuff that you took from that one, Tim? Um, the stuff he was talking about the Inquisitor, which isn't necessarily new, but kind of stuff you didn't really hear too much for, because he was kind of saying that um, he like he's not much of a believer in the Empire or of the Sith, uh, for that matter. So we kind of really don't know what his motives are or why he's actually being an Inquisitor or, hunt- or being a Jedi hunter. So he said he can't elaborate on that too much, so we'll have to wait and see. But it sounds like there's more to the Inquisitor than just being an agent of the Empire. So I'm looking forward to see what stuff gets revealed about him. But then again, he goes on to talk about how Rebels is going to, of course, lead on to episode four. But then he makes the point again to like put some stuff that uh, we may see in episode seven. And then he references them as Easter eggs. So probably nothing major, but like little hints that we could see not even episode seven, but he says even episode eight and nine. So we'll have to keep an eye out for any little thing we see in Rebels. So <laughs> when we're in the theaters for episode seven, eight and nine, we can go, oh, we saw that first on Rebels. So. That should be an additional thing to look out for. Instead of being entertained by Rebels, we'll be looking for all these Easter eggs for potential episode seven, eight, and nine stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's sort of what I was expecting, too, because there's been a lot of talk over the last few weeks about how this whole new Star Wars universe under Disney and everything, it's going to be all integrated and all these stories are going to connect and everything's canon and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I was like, I don't really see them going in a direction where like you have to watch Rebels in order to enjoy Episode 7 and there's going to be like some big interconnecting uh, plot elements there. And so I think it'll be something where you know, maybe some characters that are still alive at the end of Rebels, maybe they'll show up in episode seven, eight, nine. You know, maybe we could see Kanan or Ezra or Zeb or somebody like that. Um, but I don't think the stories would necessarily cross over. It would just be like for people 
who have seen Rebels, they're like, oh, I know who that guy is. And for people who haven't seen Rebels, they don't know who that character is, but they still can completely understand their role just within the context of that movie. Um, or it could be, you know, something smaller. Um, you know, we could see characters introduced as just sort of minor background characters on Rebels that go on to become main characters in some of the movies later on. Or like we said, you know, just sort of setting up stuff as Easter eggs that pays off later, but it's not going to be like a big crossover sort of thing where, um, you know, you have to watch every episode of Rebels for the new movies to make sense. Cause that, you know, wouldn't make sense. Cause as much as we're huge Star Wars fans and are going to eat up all this new content, like not everybody, especially because episode seven, you know, it's going to be a huge thing when it premieres. Um, and it's going to make a ton of movie and a ton of people are going to go see it. And definitely not all of those people are going to have watched every episode of Star Wars Rebels up to that point. Yeah, of course. Uh, it'll just be stuff for the fans to geek out over when they see it, which is uh, fine in my book. Because <laughs> it just means little things that'll just add to the overall enjoyment that not necessarily everyone else will. So it should be cool to finally see when that does happen with what stuff get introduced there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's all the Rebel stuff. Now, before we wrap up the episode, you've got a couple of emails for us, right? Yeah, we got a couple of emails to read over now. The first one we got is from uh, Dane, who sends us great questions, and he sends us another great question for this episode. That's going to make us think. He goes, hey guys, I really don't have time to type out a long email, but I thought I'd email what I thought and have a tough, that would be a tough question for you guys. He says, what would you rather get lost? Would you rather get lost on Hoth with no chance of a rescue, with a low chance of survival, dressed only in your underwear, or would you rather take a 2,000 or take out a two-year, 10,000-credit loan from the banking clan with a 500% APR to get a studio apartment on Coruscant, working for minimum wage, paid bi-weekly, with three kids. If you choose a loan, you do have the option of getting a Star Wars payday loan at 57, 570% APR of up to 400 credits, which you would pay at your next payday, and which is also not enough to pay your monthly loan payment, which comes out to about 416 credits and some change a month. You also have no other source of income, and like I said, the three kids, and you can't get another job because you have to take care of the three kids yourself. As always, thanks for the podcast, guys. <laughs> what I read, okay, that, I well, like, that is way too much fine print on that banking clan yeah. crap. But I will take that. I'll, I'll take just about anything over being stranded on Hoth in my underwear because you're going to die in about ten minutes of <laughs> you know hypothermia. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the chorus on apartment. When I read that, I was like, man, that sounds like something we'd hear in one of the Clone Wars Senate episodes, like uh, <laughs> Pursuit of Peace or something. <laughs> 25 percent? That's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I don't want to deal with all that banking stuff. I'm going to go to Hoth. If I'm only in my underwear, maybe I can – I don't know if I have a lightsaber or a blaster. I can – if there's a Wampa who attacks, I'm able to kill it and take its fur <laughs> and able to use that and survive on that and maybe – find a tauntaun who's deceased and use that as my uh, source of uh, insulation and heat <laughs> when it gets cold out there like Han did for Luke. So I'd rather not deal with all that financial mumbo-jumbo stuff that Dane was <laughs> putting on there and all that uh, stuff you have to worry about in the credit loan. So I'd rather take my chances on Hoth. Yeah, well, I'd maybe Knuckle not... Base will still be there and I can bunk up in there or something. <laughs> I'd rather not deal with all that either, but at the same time, I'd rather be alive. So, yeah, I'm not going to get stranded on Hoth with no clothes on. No, I'm a survivor. I'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim, you go play your Destiny's Child and uh, see if you can stay alive out there. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> but then we got a question from uh, Brian Bailey who says, uh, Hey, Tim and Kyle, I figured you guys will be recording a new episode. 
and based on the amazing news that was announced on Thursday. I'm so grateful to Dave Filoni, Lucasfilm Limited, Story Group, and the entire Clone Wars team for giving us more Clone Wars content through Clone Wars Legacy on StarWars.com. They are the last storylines George Lucas ever worked on directly. One thing in particular I want to bring to your attention is uh, what Pablo Dago said in the video and Leland Chi confirmed in a tweet in reference to their validity as canon on Twitter. We still consider the core of these stories as having happened. If that is the case, I believe sooner or later, eventually we will have all of these, all of those storylines in one form or another. Okay, on to the crystal crisis on Utapau. I am so happy they gave us the story arc. The story writing was awesome, and saga implications were huge. I know there were some technical difficulties Thursday night with the third episode, but Matt Martin and team worked hard to get that corrected. I had to wait until late Friday night to watch the arc. Loved Anakin's oops as the Force pushed the Magna Guard into the fan. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Anakin's intellectual habit to bring Ahsoka for help in a crisis was so human. The conversation between Anakin and Obi-Wan about Padawan's abandoning and betrayal of their master was ironically filled with foreshadowing. Lastly, as soon as I saw the kyber crystal absorb and redirect the laser fire, I thought to myself and tweeted, is the Death Star powered by a kyber crystal? The end of the arc implies that the super laser is... I love legends say that such crystals were used as weapons in mass destruction. Can you imagine how big the crystal would have been to destroy a galaxy? Awesome. Can't wait to hear your thoughts and observations of the art. Have a great weekend, guys. Well, thanks, Brian. Yeah, you've hit all the points that were so great about that arc. I mean, you mentioned the other one with Anakin destroying that Magna Guard. <laughs> who just goes, oops, I broke it. Because we always tell him that we need it alive and still functioning. And Anakin was just so sick of fighting it. I just goes, who cares? Force push into the wall and it crumbles. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, see, so many good stuff in that arc that we didn't even mention when we were discussing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, it was interesting, too, because that particular scene, it, almost sort of it, it was like a lighthearted funny moment but at the same time you could see anakin's anger showing through yeah. too because i mean he's fighting the magna guard you can tell he's getting frustrated and obi-wan's like you know keep it intact and anakin's like you keep yours intact and he just wants to to break this thing but then you know you can see he's being careful and he's not destroying it and then the magna guard like swings its electro staff at him and like catches him on the arm and like you know, injures him and singes his tunic and all that. And then you can see he, Anakin's like, okay, I'm done with this and just flings it into the fan. And he's like, oops, I broke it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, also another thing too, uh, I just thought of when he was uh, putting his lightsaber against the Toydarian when he was trying to cover up that he didn't know what was going on. He's like, I know how Toydarians work and all that. <laughs> the call back to water, what he's been through with him. Just little stuff like that. Just add so much to that whole arc. So awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really great. So thanks to Brian and Dane for sending us emails um, and for all the rest of you guys, if you want to send us emails and have us read them on the show and respond to your thoughts and comments and everything, um, you can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash continues, and uh, follow us on Twitter at starwarstsc. And you can also check out our website at starwarstsc.com uh, to find all these stories that we're talking about on here and even more, sometimes, you know, we get some even smaller stories that we don't even mention on the podcast. But, um, you know, that's the place to go to see all these new Star Wars stories that we're finding all the time. Um, and, you know, like I said, next, I'm pretty sure we'll record another episode next weekend after the premiere of Star Wars Rebels. Um, also, uh, you guys can hear us on the latest episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. Um, actually, I'm not sure if it's the latest episode because they might have done another one since then. But we were recently on their 100th episode over there with Carl and Jason. 
Um, they, you know, got to their episode number 100. They had a whole bunch of guests on from other podcasts. So Tim and I were on there for a little bit, talked about some episode seven and rebels and all that kind of stuff. And Batman, um, because Tim and Carl are both big Batman fans. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, congrats to those guys on their hundredth episode. Um, and you can, uh, check that out over at, um, starwarsreport.com and they've got their Wampus Lair section over there. So, um, yeah, and like I said, we'll be back with our Rebels review. Enjoy the premiere for those of you who haven't seen it yet and are waiting to see it on Friday. And uh, for those of you who have seen Rebels already, um, you know, go ahead and send us a tweet or an email or something. Let us know what you thought. Um, we can read some uh, some reader responses or listener responses. I don't know why I said reader responses. We don't have readers because we don't have stuff to read. Um, We're going to be putting out books pretty soon. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. Um, but, yeah, we'll read some listener responses on the next podcast as well as uh, giving our own reviews. So be looking forward to that. And until then, we will see you guys next time. And may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Uh,